Passing Out Loud, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol Rovers reporter Jack Vittles. Yeah, welcome along to the latest Gassing Out Loud podcast with myself, Michelle Owen and Jack Vittles. Lots to discuss in this episode. Going to be talking a bit later about the recruitment over the summer. Did Daryl Clark get it right? Also, the results and the form of recent hasn't been so good if you look at it overall. And do fans actually care about the Checker Trade Trophy? Uh, Jack, welcome back for your holiday. Did you have a nice time away? Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Very you, nice. You've been back a while now, I know. But yes. um, And you've been at pretty much... Did you miss any games while you were away? Yes, missed one. Rochdale away. Okay. So, yeah, not yeah. a bad one. Not miss. a bad one to miss that one, no. Um, so we were just chatting before we started recording about Bristol Rovers' form at the moment. And you told me quite... Um, it sounds an alarming stat. Tell, tell us the stat. Yeah, so they've lost five of their last six... Uh, that's in all competitions, so that includes the Checker Trade and the FA Cup on Friday night. So it doesn't sound very good at all. But you look at it, you know, they won their last league game 2-0 against MK Dons. They're 13th in the table, mid-table, that's OK, for the time being anyway. And uh, only four points off the top six. So it isn't all doom and gloom, but there's certainly some few bits and pieces that Daryl Clark needs to address. And I think he's... Uh, very, very honest and open about what he needs to address as well. Yeah, I mean, five out of six, that's one win in six, isn't it? And since this Northampton game, which was so emphatic, it's been a bit of a downward slump, I think it's fair to say, isn't it? No, absolutely. And conceding goals has been the big issue. Four at Notts County, four at Shrewsbury. From set pieces as well, really basic errors. And that's something that Daryl said after a few games now that defensively they're not strong enough. He's tried a few different combinations in there. There'll be another different one on Saturday with Lockyer away on in international duty. So I think they've got to try and find a settled back four if they can and then just drill them somehow to be able to defend set pieces, defend a little better and see if they can improve that defensive record. But it was interesting as well because Daryl actually said after the Notts County game that they knew they were going to be a big physical threat in attack and they trained all week, all week about countering that threat from County and then when it came to the game they just let themselves down so you know what more can you do as a manager in that situation in your opinion as someone that's seen Rovers pretty much every game this season what is their their best defensive partnership yeah it's a good question I mean for me I think you've got to be looking at a centre-back combination last season it was Sweeney and Lockyer that did really good work in the second half of the season Sweeney hasn't quite been at the races since coming back Tom Broadbent's taken his chance on the left side he's done really well um, and Lockyer as well he's been sort of way down on his usual form at the moment but he's mm. still getting picked in the Wales squad so his confidence should still be high um, but I think yeah Broadbent and Lockyer went fit but for this weekend I'm not sure with Lockyer not there and I'm not sure if Sweeney's away in international duty as well and in terms of the goals up the other end I mean at least Tom Nichols got one the game before last that's that's a positive right yeah absolutely he, he, yeah he did so he, he got a very uh, a very fortunate goal in the checkers trade against West Ham um, sorry no against his ones where there was just a back header and he somehow got through on goal and managed to score it and then the second one was against West Ham and uh, yeah he's on a well on a roll really isn't he two goals now yeah. so hopefully he can kick on a bit he's looked good even if he hasn't scored so I don't think there's too many worries in attack especially with Bowling to come back into the mix as well I was on Made in Bristol television last night I know you went on the Sportsline programme recently as well and on there I was discussing with Nick Day who's the announcer down at the Mem obviously uh, about recruitment and, and what happened over summer and did Daryl Clark get the right personnel in and he was actually chatting about goals he said actually you have you have scored plenty of goals but has there really been a replacement for Matty Taylor since he left? Good question. Um, yeah, Tom Nichols obviously scored a couple now, but hasn't really scored bags of goals. But you know, how do you replace on that Matty Taylor, who was scoring goals for fun before he left? It's pretty difficult, especially at League One level, unless you want to spend silly money or unless you get really lucky with a loan signing. So, of course, it's going to be tough for them to replace Taylor. But I think they've moved on from that now, hopefully. And 
if you look at their goal school record, it's absolutely fine. I don't think that really is where the issue lies. Harrison's scored a few, been really consistent this season. Gaffney's goals to minutes ratio is right up there in the league. Nichols on the score sheet now. Telford looks lively. So hopefully they can just keep scoring some goals at that end and then just go short up the other end. OK, so it's actually only a few weeks now till January till the transfer window opens back up. First of all, let's talk about incomings. And this is the first time we've discussed this. Is there a need then to shore up at the back and buy a good quality League One defender? Yeah, I think there's definitely the need to bring in a couple of players. I think most clubs in this league will recruit in January, be that loan players, free transfers or even splashing some cash. But yeah, I think Daryl needs to be backed in the transfer market once again, needs to have a little bit of money to spend, hopefully. They need somebody to come in in defence, um, somebody with a bit of League One experience, hopefully, a, a leader type to come in there and, and try and marshal the the back four to better defensive displays and also I think they need a winger you know, they're basically playing without an out and out winger in their entire squad at the moment which makes them really narrow and means they often have to play with four central midfielders in a diamond it leaves them yeah very narrow in attack so I think they'll be the main areas that they're looking to strengthen in January yeah do you think Daryl Clark did get recruitment right in the summer then because you mentioned you haven't really got an out and out winger surely that's a bit of an oversight yeah I think Daryl mentioned at the end of last season that he wanted I think it was eight or nine or even ten new players to come in they got eight um, and that included a couple of youngsters and he admitted he missed out on a few mm. in the last week of the transfer window so perhaps those are wingers I don't know um, so I think the ones they got in were good perhaps they're a little bit light on numbers but clubs like Rovers a lot of clubs in this league are in similar positions where they are short in certain places just because they haven't got the squad size so it's certainly something to look at in January that's for sure and hopefully it'll be backed in the uh, in the transfer market Well, yeah. do you think the owners will, will dig deep in their pockets and give them what he needs if Rovers are still whereabouts they are in the table at the moment which really yeah I know they're mid-table but they're only what a few points off the playoff places I think four points off do you think the owners if they're still in this position will be more willing to put their hands in their pockets yeah possibly I think I think it's about another eight or nine games now until Christmas in the league maybe a bit more so I think it depends what position they are then they could easily be in the playoffs by then at that point you're thinking well we'll get a couple of guys in now push on to the playoffs and actually think about promotion this season if they've they've tailed off a bit and they're 16th, 17th, Mm. then maybe they'll think, well, we'll start looking towards the summer and see what players are available then. It's going to be... I mean, if you look at the League One table, and I know we've said this before on the podcast, it is so condensed in the middle, especially, sort of anywhere from, well, really, I suppose, MK Dons, Doncaster upwards towards the playoffs. Anyone's in with with a shout at the moment. I know it's the only stage in the season, only 16 games gone. But this really is going to be now, wouldn't you say, over these sort of next eight or nine games before Christmas, before the transfer window opens. This is going to be crunch time and we will find out what Rovers really are about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you look at where the club are in the new year. I know Daryl Clark never likes to talk about league tables, never likes to talk about long-term things like that, always looks at the next project. But yeah, absolutely. Come the new year, you'll definitely be looking at the league tables, seeing where you stand. You've played everybody once, you've got a good idea of how you fit into the league and even if it is a condensed league it's always better to be you know at the top of the tight pattern the bottom isn't it so so after that Notts County game Daryl Clark came out and said his side were weak and bullied they were his words and I know you were there after the match and then I saw a little bit of social media reaction again sort of stuff I saw after the Shrewsbury game people weren't happy what did you see on social media from fans about Daryl Clark after the game Jack? Yeah, it was, you know, you've always got to take social media feedback with a pinch of salt, whatever, whether that's to managers or, or to journalists or to <laughs> players. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of people that obviously weren't impressed. And I think it was a very knee-jerk reaction to being 2-0 up and then losing 4-2, which is understandable. Obviously, it's a really disappointing night. And if you'd gone there and spent your money, I really fully understand why you'd be 
really annoyed and want to vent your anger on social media. But I think you know some of the people have been saying that Daryl Clark needs to go, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's rubbish, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's it's he's been. But, there. I mean, you know, they're the people to, to put their side across. Only one one in six lost five of the last six. I mean, you look at other clubs, and I know this is different, but look at Leicester City, Craig Shakespeare, won one in six, he was sacked. You look at things happening in the Premier League, Slavin Bilic has gone this week, and other clubs of poor, poor form have been getting rid. Okay, yeah, in the Premier League. So maybe that's why these fans are coming from? Yeah, no, I, I you know, I, like I said, I can understand why they're upset about it, but I don't Do they think... they have a point? Um, I think they've got a point in being disappointed in the result, but I, you know, I'm still in the camp that says Daryl Clark is absolutely the right man to leave Rovers. He's had a brilliant time there over three and a half years. You look where the club was before he took over, where the club was in the conference, the start of that conference season to where they are now. I think you've got to have a bit more of a, a long-term view of things and realise that to get two promotions in a row and then come 10th and now be, you know, four points off the playoffs after how many games, you can't really have too many complaints about the overall scheme of things. I understand the complaints about the mm. Notts County defeat and the Shrewsbury defeat and the general form recently. And, and Daryl's come out and been very honest and open about the fact that it's not been good enough. But I think, I think generally he certainly deserves a bit of time for all the success that he's brought to the club so far, that's for sure. In any of the presses or post-match conferences, has anyone asked him about his future yet? No, no, not yet. Um, I, don't, I don't think it'll, it'll come up for a little while yet just because he does have such a high standing at the club, such a high standing mm. with the large majority of fans still because of the work that he's done. Um, you know, if the, if the bad form continues, absolutely it will come up. But for the time being, I think, you know, the result of MK Dons at the weekend helped things as well, a win in the league there keeps them right in the, that mid-table pack yeah. so I don't think there's any there's no panic stations or anything yet there's no worries there's no uh, no fear that he's going to be out of a job or whatever so I think we're we're calm enough yeah I mean for what it's worth I, I agree with you Jack you know I think he's doing a good job I mean obviously the form on paper isn't great at the moment but then you look at the table you think oh, okay it's alright at the moment it's not all doom and gloom is it it's not been the best patch of form but then again in amongst those games is an FA Cup game and a checker trade game which brings us on to our next point about this game uh, tomorrow night we've recorded this on Tuesday so tomorrow uh, will be Swindon Town coming to the Mem to play Bristol Rovers in the checker trade trophy Jack first of all I want to get your thoughts on this competition as a journalist yeah it's, it's a bit of a weird one um any opportunity to go and cover a game is always better than sitting in the office. So I'll always be happy for for any extra cup competitions and things like that. I, I fully understand why some fans do boycott it with the introduction of these under-21 sides and the idea they were brought in to you know, introduce young English talent, give them a chance to play lower league teams and competitive football. I mean, that's great. But then you look at the West Ham side that um, Rovers played last week and there weren't many English players in that eleven at all. Um, so you sort of doubt whether it actually does benefit those sides and whether it benefits Rovers to be playing those sides but it is what it is um, that's where we stand we're not going to be able to change it by uh, by moaning about it I suppose so it's on to Swindon on uh, yeah on Wednesday night winner takes all for the next round and I think it takes on a little bit more importance now just because you know they're out of the League Cup Rovers mm-hmm. out of the FA Cup on Friday night if they want a cup run if you want to play at Wembley this season you know, this is your chance, apart from the playoffs, I suppose. But And then you look at it on paper, you know, Swindon Town will have a point to prove, obviously relegated from League One last year, and League One versus League Two. This is one Bristol Rovers should be winning, but Swindon Town are in fine form, aren't they? Yeah, they're in very decent form, and they're so hard to call these games because you just never know how many changes each side will make. You know, Swindon played on Sunday in the Cup, Rovers have got a game on Saturday um, at Scunthorpe, they're travelling up on the Friday, so it's a real tight turnaround for them. They're not happy about that at all, Daryl's come out and said that as well. Uh, so, 
it's going to be interesting to see what sort of 11s take on each other. Like I said, it's really hard to predict. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed Rovers can get through it. I think, although fans will never be fully on board with the competition, they're going to want to see the team win, I think. Mm. How many do you think will be at the moment tomorrow night? Have you heard any sort of rumours about no, that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. There was 1,500 there for the West Ham game and that was 200 West Ham fans, so I assume mostly sort of southwest-based hammers. Um, I don't know how many there for Swindon. A few more, I'd have thought, being, being, being a local derby. Bit, bit of a derby, isn't it? I mean, I know Swindon Town particularly hate Bristol City, but, <laughs> but obviously Bristol Rovers, Bristol City is the derby. But it is a bit of a derby, isn't it? I mean, it's only just down the end yeah, so it should no. have a little bit of extra spice. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I think a few of the fans are getting behind this competition a little bit more, maybe because, like I say, it's the only cup competition left. And after the defeat on Friday, I think a few people want to go and show their support for the team. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get a few in there. It'd be nice. But it is a weird format, isn't it? Because if it goes to 90 minutes with a draw, each team gets a point, and then it goes straight to penalties. Yeah, yeah, no idea why. So that's what happens. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you get a point point each, and then an extra point for penalties. Um, Yeah, no extra time. It's these new ABBA-style penalties as well, which they've been using in the League Cup. So Um, ABBA, just to explain if people don't know, is when, um, you know, you obviously toss the coin to see who goes first and then say if Bristol Rovers were taking penalties first against Swindon they get the first penalty Swindon Town get the next two and then Bristol Rovers again it's, yeah. a, it's I think that's quite a good format for the penalties yeah I think so I think once people get their heads around it and once people realise that's what's happening um, it'll be fine yeah and for tomorrow night as well in terms of if they win when it takes all if Bristol Rovers win, they're through to the next round. And then you're only a few games away from Wembley aren't you so it starts to open up a little bit yeah absolutely and I think people will soon come round to it if it gets near a Wembley final. I know a lot of fans have said they'll boycott it all the way, including a final. Would, would the fans but, really boycott it, though? Crystal Rovers have the chance to play at Wembley again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd, you'd have to ask them. It, I've definitely heard from a, a few fans that have said, you know, or seen them on Facebook saying things like, you know, I'm boycotting this competition. Even if we get to Wembley, I'm not going. <laughs> but I, I spoke to, to Liam Sirkham today at the training ground. He's been in the final of this competition in the last two years. Um, and he said, you know, what a thrill it was and an honour to play at Wembley in front of 75,000. He knows what the reward is in this competition so if they are lucky enough and play well enough to get to that stage I'm sure Rose will take a good good following with them so that's uh, on Wednesday evening at the Mem and then looking ahead to the weekend Saturday international break but of course that means League 1 League 2 takes centre stage I mean I don't think anyone likes the international break but actually it's nice nice for League 1 and League 2 to, to get the attention isn't it yeah exactly I, I haven't looked but I, I assume some of those games are probably on TV they yeah. normally are um, I know Rose's game isn't but uh, yeah so it'd be nice to yeah, throw a little spotlight on League 1 and League 2. And a bit of a trip up to Scunthorpe for you. Scunthorpe going well in League 1 at the moment. Currently sitting in 5th place, 26 points, but even though they're on 26, that's only 5 ahead of Rovers, who are in 13th. How do you see this one going? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long old trek, isn't it, for Rovers after a Wednesday night game? Um, they're a good side, Scunthorpe, as are, well, about 20 teams in this league. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll be another difficult afternoon and, uh, you know, like most of these away games against good sides, a point's a good result, isn't it? Not that not the Rovers seem to do draws anymore I think it was February the last time they drew so I mean looking just at Scunthorpe's recent results their, their form isn't the best I mean they lost against Rotherham Wigan beat them you'd maybe expect that they did win against Grimsby but then they had a goalish draw against Northampton who who Rovers thrashed so yeah. it's a funny league isn't oh, it oh it's ridiculous I mean try yeah, try calling some of the games it's uh, almost impossible and then you look at Bristol Rovers fixtures coming up then once you've got the Checker Trade game and the Scunthorpe game out of the way the following weekend that will be before our next podcast is against Wimbledon now you look at League One again at the table take it with a pinch of salt but 
Wimbledon are a lot further down than, than Rovers at the moment. So that's got to be a must-win, hasn't it, at the moment? Yeah, I think so. These are exactly the sort of games they've got to target if they're serious about being, you know, in and around the playoff mix come the end of the season. You look at teams like Wimbledon, I think they're, what, they're 20 or something uh, like that? Yeah, 20th, they're on 15 points at the moment. So. Yeah, so... Th- it's playing those sort of teams at home. Rovers have got a good home record over the last three years. Everybody knows it. They get decent crowds in there. It's not a nice place to play if you're on a away side. A lot of players have said that. So it's exactly the sort of game they have to be winning if they want to be up and around the top six come May, yeah. But, I mean, fixtures come thick and fast. Just three days after that, that will be before we release the next podcast. That will be against Rotherham. How, do, how does Daryl Clark go around turning his, his team around in these short spaces I mean obviously we've got Wednesday, Saturday which is very tight but Saturdays to Tuesdays and there's so many Tuesday midweek games at the moment that is not long to prepare your squad is it? No not at all and it's you know especially when you think about it you're playing on a Saturday afternoon if you're away from home you might not get back to 1, 2am you get the Sunday off you're back in Monday morning to train but probably only a light session a bit of gym work because you don't want to overstretch yourself and the next day you're playing again but do um, Rovers have the squad depth to, to cope with this at the moment? Because we were talking about the squad depth earlier, yeah. earlier on. Yeah, I think they do need to bolster themselves with a few more numbers, definitely. They've used um, some of the younger players so far, and to be fair, they've done pretty well. Um, the youngster... Which youngsters would you say have, have performed best so far? Yeah, well, a couple of the real youngsters have come in and done well. I know uh, Roland Maniesse came in, kept a clean sheet against Northampton when uh, that was the last international break. He played really well. Uh, the young French goalkeeper... Um, Andre Alexis, he came in and, and I can't remember who it was against, I was at Oldham, I think, when Slocum got sent off and came in and made yeah. some brilliant saves and became a fan favourite in about 30 minutes. So <laughs> the, the talent is there, but obviously you want more experienced players to come in and fill the gaps on the subs bench and to be able to rotate your squad. I think Rovers do lack in numbers, but like I say, so do a lot of teams in this league. It's just the way it is. And just to finish off, um, once again, I was chatting to Nick Day yesterday and he was saying uh, he would love more information about what's going on with the ground redevelopment and the training ground redevelopment. I know you've been across this. Is there any more news on that at the moment or is it as we were? No, it's it's, it's as you were. Um, I can you know put everybody at ease. I am trying to organise interviews with the people that matter um, and we'll be yeah, doing our best to bring you all the news of that as soon as we can get it. But at the moment, it's still in the planning stage. Yes, still in, still in the pre-planning stage. No planning permission submitted as of yet. Wow. I, I mean, this is taking a while. Yeah, it's not It's not an easy thing, is it? And it is, it is being delayed. And I know a lot of fans are getting, uh, yeah, pretty... Not upset, but getting a bit frustrated, perhaps, at the lack of updates. So, uh, Who are the people that you would speak to about that? Yeah, it's got to be the board, isn't it, I suppose? It needs to be the board members. Um, so I will... Absolutely, keep doing my best to speak to them and uh, try and bring you some answers as soon as I can. I charge you of that challenge for our <laughs> next podcast in a couple of weeks. Uh, Jack, thanks so much. So in our next podcast, then we'll be reviewing the well number of fixtures between now and then. We'll see how we got on the Checker Trade Trophy, the Scunthorpe game, the Wimbledon game, and the Rotherham game. All to discuss next time. And Jack is going to get us some answers on what's going on with the planning permission. Thank you, Jack. Lovely. Cheers. Gassing out loud.